So I had asked you, what are we gonna what 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 should we call you? Um, you can call me Risa. That's okay. okay. I think that's what we've been referring to you as. I think I think I heard one of yours and you referred to such. So that's good. That's okay. Okay. Um, I mean you can you can go by your actual name if you would like. Um I it think it doesn't matter. We we had covered in the first episode that we're just not really comfortable with calling ourselves by our, our names yeah. a lot of the time. So. Which is weird. A concept beyond me, but okay. <laughs> I mean, two against one. I think you're the weird one out here. Okay. Okay. Well, with that being settled, um, I guess we should get into it. Oh, this should probably should have gone at the beginning. Spoilers for the entire Harry Potter series. Oh, yeah. Just gonna throw that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll do. I'm just gonna throw that at the beginning. Major spoilers, you guys, for the entire Harry Potter series. We're horrible people. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Nerdscape, a semi-weekly podcast where two siblings with not nearly enough time on their hands get together on a semi-regular basis to talk about nerdy stuff. I am Ralma. I am Fen. And I'm Risa. And Risa is uh, guest starring with us today. She's our younger sister. And, uh, one of. Well, one of. One of. <laughs> one of. <laughs> <sighs> but no, because um, we're going to be discussing uh, Harry Potter this week, and Risa is a very, very big Harry Potter fan. For sure. I'm actually very excited about this one. I don't know why I didn't suggest doing this one sooner either. Like, you, you suggested it to me, and I was like, oh my gosh, please! <laughs> um, before we get into that, though, I've got a little bit of uh, housekeeping that I want to uh, address real quick. Mm-hmm. just to get it out of the way um first of all for our um worst dads episode um we had had a i don't know if you could necessarily call it a complaint oh um we had a minor criticism oh no uh somebody i won't name names <laughs> Somebody was under the impression that we did not actually mention the name of the TV show that we were talking about in relation <sighs> to the Sword of Truth series. Um, Wait, did we not? I don't actually remember, but just in case we didn't, okay. um, the TV show that we were actually talking about was The Legend of the Seeker. Right. And we were mostly talking about that specifically because yeah. Fen is not as familiar with the books. Right. And it, no, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I do have to. I'd have to dig them out if I wanted to read them. Unfortunately. So yeah, just a, a minor, just a minor thing. Yeah. Um, the other 
items on my list are actually in relation to the last episode that we did on the San Diego Comic-Con trailers. Uh, for one thing, I I did a bad. Uh, Niffler's <laughs> were not actually... I mean, they were in Order of the Phoenix, but the lessons that they were doing were in Goblet of Fire. So that was the first appearance of the Nifflers in right. the Harry Potter book series. Also, yes. I'm terrible at geography. Uh, France is not actually in Southeast Europe. No, it's, it's <laughs> it is, Southwest. It's it's Southeast of the UK. It is. To be that fair. Is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. But it's not in Southeast Europe. I'm very bad at geography. Yeah, that, so that I apologize. confused me a little bit when you said it, and I... Oh, I could tell. Yeah. I could tell you were very confused. <laughs> uh, so I, like, I, I went and actually looked it up, and um, I was I was incorrect, so I, I apologize. Right. It's all um, good. Also, you were talking about a Vila in the, mm-hmm. in the trailer. Um, I think that's actually uh, Lita Lestrange. Oh. Okay. I mean, I mean, she I, may be a Vila. We don't know. But... I, I knew there was a, there was probably a good chance that it wasn't. I was just getting very strong Vila vibes from that. Yeah, that yeah. Character. There were there were definitely some vibes. Um, but yeah. Also, I was talking about the um, the reception for Fantastic Beasts, and I was um, I was operating on a very very small sample that I had been familiar with. Um, actually, oh. the critic reception was not quite as good as I thought it had been. Oh. This is actually in like the seventy percent range, rather than like eighty or ninety, which is mm. what I had assumed it was. So, right. So yeah, I. But huh, that's what happens I, when you do these sort of like off the cuff, right? Yeah. Discussions. So. So uh, I guess let's get into our topic of the day. Yes. So the topic. It's a very broad topic. It is a very broad topic. Yeah. But um, well, that's okay. Yeah. Well, doing it in such a broad stroke like this lets us kind of get the the generalized chit-chatter out of the way before we go more in-depth yes. into it. Fair yes. enough. So when we go on to pick apart specific sections of it, then we're not getting sidetracked with, oh, hey, here's this opinion I have about this thing. Like, we're going to talk about the specifics of the difference between Sorcerer's Stone the book and Sorcerer's Stone the movie, but let's talk about like house sorting for like 45 minutes instead. Yes. Because <laughs> that is absolutely going to happen unless we get it out of the way today. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. Is that an intent for later on to do like each individual? Absolutely. Okay. Spe- specifically, um, and I think I had mentioned this to you at some point as well, I yes. want to do an entire series of like comparing movies to their source material. Yes, okay. Absolutely. You had mentioned that it was going to be more of a just this topic was going to be just like wizarding world in general because if we wanted to do yeah more in depth we'd have to do like an episode of book. Yeah, pretty much. Type yeah. Thing. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I didn't know that if your intent was to actually do that Oh yes, yes. yes. Okay. We actually we did that with Star Wars a few weeks back. Is we just did a generalized like talking about Star Wars in general, but we do intend on going a little bit more in depth into each of the movies as well. Okay. So did you want to uh, tell 
our listeners a little bit about yourself before we get into specifically Harry Potter? Uh, I'm stressed. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you want to make it like a little bit about yourself in relation to Harry Potter. I don't know anything about myself. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm actually not super familiar with the books, though, as far as I read the first book like five years ago, (laughs) (laughs) and I have not actually finished all of them yet. I'm currently working on it, but I'm not like super familiar with it. I'm, I'm getting there. But, but you're but you're very familiar with the movies. Very familiar with the movies. Yeah. So, so you'll probably learn something today too. Probably. <laughs> I learn something every time I like hear about I, Harry Potter. Yeah. Like I had completely forgotten about the Nifflers. I actually did not know until y'all were talking about it just now. I didn't yeah. I haven't actually got a chance to like in your last podcast. And I haven't actually seen the new trailer for Fantastic You haven't? Oh my god. I don't know how I haven't got around to doing that. I just I haven't yet. You saw mm-hmm. the first movie, though, right? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Okay. We we borrowed her copy. Yeah. Right, and watched it and last mom, week. Okay. Mom wants to watch it. She's like, I gotta watch it with Jaden. And I was like, uh, I'm talking about it right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it back to you as soon as we can. Yeah, I told, I told her she'll have to wait. And she said it was fine. But, <laughs> so yes. between, between the three of us, I think we've got a pretty extensive knowledge of the series in general. Oh, for sure. I know, like, random little facts here and there yeah. that are, like, not even necessarily, like, in the book or the movies. I can't tell you what those facts are, but, like, when it's <laughs> I'm, I'm sure like, oh, here's up. a fun fact that you probably didn't know, because <laughs> I'm a weirdo for knowing this. <laughs> so, I guess, uh, kind of a generic starting point, um, do we want to talk about houses? Yes. I love houses. I think, I think that's a great place to start. Okay. I do find it interesting that pretty much everybody in our family is from a different house. That is... Kind of? It doesn't surprise me. I mean, there's too many of us for us all to be from a different house. Well, yeah, yeah but but we all have such... There is a nice spread in our family. We have there such is. varying and different personalities. I think we cover at least... Th- do we have any Gryffindors? We do. Oh, do we? Maybe not. <laughs> okay so here's the thing is madeline got sorted into gryffindor and she took the test twice and it was gryffindor but she refuses to accept it and is um oh. claimed slytherin you see I, no. I i see her as more of a slytherin um i see that but then like also i see both i think she wants to be a slytherin she wants to be a slytherin is a slytherin yeah which I feel I guess, like it's a persona she's built for herself. I, okay, okay. And then yeah. she doesn't necessarily fall under that as much as she wishes that she did. Yes. I can see that. No, I can see that. That's fair. But she was sorted into Gryffindor twice. Because she took it a second time to be like, no, that was wrong. Yeah, Madeline's a bit more uh, a bit more of the headstrong type. than. That's fair. That's a fair point. Mom took it, took the test. Mm-hmm. And got she got Gryffindor, but she identifies more as a Hufflepuff, and I actually see that one. Like I can see. Yeah, yeah. and she'd taken it a second time and got Hufflepuff the second time. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I think she's one of those like she could probably fit in either one. Yeah. I I yeah. definitely see the Gryffindor traits in her, um, but I can I can absolutely agree that she's a Hufflepuff. I think there's there's a lot of people that could go like either way. Mm-hmm. 
um, when I took the test, I when I took the test on Pottermore, it actually asked me to choose between Slytherin and Ravenclaw. Oh, yeah, interesting. Like I got to the end of it, and it was like, like there were like three. It was like day or night. Um, uh, I don't remember. There was another one that was just two options, and then there was a heads or tails. And by the end of it, it was just okay. Ravenclaw or Slytherin, and I was like, <laughs> um, well, I would have been absolutely okay being sorted into Slytherin, but I went into the quiz thinking that I was probably going to come out a Ravenclaw, so right. I had to, I had to, I had to go Ravenclaw at that point. Well, I mean, I, I guess that's kind of the 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 sign of like what you would actually prefer deep down. Yeah, yeah, no. Kind of that, um, like flip a coin, but then. Like the other person doesn't tell you what it is and asks you what you were hoping for. Yes, exactly. That kind of thing. But yeah, so I I actually got to choose between those two, and I've actually gone. Somebody had compiled, done like one of those online quiz things and compiled every single question mm-hmm. that's in that because when you take it on Pottermore, it picks. It picks a like it, of questions. yeah, it it like cherry picks certain questions for you. It does yeah, it doesn't ask all of the questions that are in there. Um, but I actually, I'd taken where they'd compiled all of them and I ended up with 75% match with both, uh, Slytherin and Ravenclaw. That was the, that was the first one that I had taken before I had taken Pottermore where they had, um, compiled all the questions. Uh Right. And I got like a majority Slytherin and like just a little bit of everything else. Right. It's been several years since I took that one, but that was the first one that I took as well. I couldn't tell you what my actual, like, percentage results were, but Mm -hmm. when I took that one, it sorted me into Ravenclaw. Hmm. But then when I took the one on Pottermore, I got Hufflepuff. Hmm. Like, I can see, I, I, hmm, no. Like, I can see, no, I can see, like, I do have Hufflepuff tendencies, but I feel like I relate more to Ravenclaw, personally. Yeah. Absolutely. You're like one of those like cookie cutter Ravenclaws. <laughs> That's the thing. Like you think Ravenclaw, you think you though. So like, I don't yeah. know. Like I couldn't picture you being anything else. Hmm. Right. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Don't be offended. <laughs> no, I'm not offended. Um, but like I said, I can understand like the whole Hufflepuff thing because I, I do put a lot of value on like companionship. Yeah, and relationship with with other people, so I can definitely see it from that angle. But I think when when you really like boil it down, I put more emphasis and value on intellect than just yeah. straight companionship. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Jax is just straight Ravenclaw. Oh for yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Risa, you're a Slytherin. Yes, I am. As I stated, when I took the the original quiz, it wasn't even, like, a little bit of everything type thing. And it wasn't, like, even anything. And I don't know how, because I didn't take my either. Right. But it was, like, 90-something percent Slytherin and, like, a little bit of traits from everything else. But, like, nothing significant. I feel like everybody has, like, those little traces of everything else. Yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, it's yeah. human nature, really. Oh, if you boil it down. Yeah. We had made um, Jordan take the test. Mm -hmm. 
and he had got Slytherin, and he was mad, because he hadn't, he hadn't, like, seen the movies or read the books since he was in, like, middle school. Right. So, you know, everybody associates Slytherin with, like, you know, the bad guys. Yeah. So he got, he got Slytherin, he was so mad. And I was like, dude, I'm a Slytherin, what's the problem? <laughs> and then, like, I made him go rewatch all the movies, and he just finished reading all of the books, and he's super happy that he got Slytherin, he loves it. Good. And I'm like, see, they're good. They're the best. That's one of the few problems with the the stories in general, um, particularly mm-hmm. the books, I think, is um, because they're written not only in third person limited, but yeah. third person limited biased. Yeah. It's the the way that Slytherin is portrayed is, is really poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's one of the... Um, one of the few issues that I actually have with the series in general. Right, yeah. And it's not even like the books did a poor job of like representing them. Like they were just not represented anywhere properly. No. And they still haven't been to to my knowledge, really. Yeah. I feel like I, I'm not familiar with the story of um, Cursed Child at all. Uh-huh. But I feel like I've heard, I could be completely wrong. I feel like I've heard that they are i think that the main character is a slytherin like i think it's about his son that got sorted into slytherin that would make sense because that was his whole thing wasn't it yes and it was it was hard for him to deal with that his son got sorted into slytherin and it's you know he's the main character of this story i i want to say that that's the one it's about well, because that was, that was the whole thing at the very end was his son was like, oh, what if I get sorted into Slytherin? And he's like, but it's okay, because first of all, the, the hat's going to give you a choice. And second of all, even if you do end up in Slytherin, that's okay, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because Slytherin doesn't automatically equal evil. Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, I think if, if Fred and George hadn't been sorted into Gryffindor, I think they would have gone to Slytherin. Yeah, if they weren't Weasleys, they'd have been Slytherins. Considering the amount of drive and cunning and, like, their whole entrepreneurship thing. Very ambitious. I'm honestly surprised that Percy didn't end up in uh, Slytherin. I don't want to talk about Percy. (laughs) Well, no, let's talk about Percy for a minute there. (laughs) Um, Because I think... I think his his version of Gryffindor is more just like sticking to your ideals no matter what. Mm. No, I can see that. He just had the wrong ideals. Yeah. No, I, I can get that. Yeah, I, I would. I would definitely. Th- I think I would definitely classify him as 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 hundred percent classic Gryffindor. Yeah. Nah, Hard headed, stubborn. Yeah. Kind of dumb. well i mean gryffindor are the jocks yeah yeah and let's not forget that not all gryffindors are good and chivalrous necessarily right yeah i mean we've got james and sirius were not good people when they were in school yeah and uh wormtail exactly how did he even end up in gryffindor let's talk about that for a second here because that has been bugging me for the last several weeks He's just he's just a, he's a rat. He is. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a more fitting animal. Um yeah, I feel and I feel like the problem is, is we don't know much about uh Wormtail during 
school. Right. Um, yeah. We know he kind of sticks himself to whoever he sees as being the most powerful. He's kind of a... Do we know for a fact that he was in Gryffindor? Yes. Okay. I think. Yeah. I think well, so. it's always it's always argued whenever people are like, you know, all the bad guys come from Slytherin. The argument is always Wormtail was a Gryffindor. Yeah, because yeah, that's the that's the thing. And it, it, it to be fair, that statement we got from Hagrid, and I'm sure he's extremely biased. Oh yes, of course. So the statement doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily truth, like scientifically proven verifiable truth. Yeah, because right. it's just something that Hagrid said. But again, that's the statement that starts the entire bias for the rest of the series. Because we're seeing all of these stories told from Harry's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So he hears that from the first person in his life that he's ever been able to truly trust. So that's going to be his interpretation for the rest of his life, is that all Slytherins are bad. Yeah. So then that's, you know, that's all we ever see throughout the series is Slytherins being terrible because of course they are. They're Slytherins. Duh. So is that, is that just like Harry's opinion because he was told that? I just know why I just had this random thought was why would his son think that Slytherins are all bad? It's a stigma. I mean, it, it's, is that, okay. it's not necessarily that it's just Harry's opinion because he did get that opinion from someone else. Okay. It's likely that it's because a lot of uh, Voldemort's followers were uh, Slytherin. Yeah. And, well, and that being because most of his followers were purebloods. Oh, you know, lot, yeah. A lot of purebloods end up in Slytherin. Well, that's because whenever, well, the whole, like, history of Hogwarts was that, um, you know, they all had different beliefs on how the school should be run. Right, and, and who should be allowed to, to, to learn. And Slytherin believed that only purebloods should be allowed at the school. So is that is that the, the, the kicker then there for, um, for Pettigrew, is that he may not have been a pureblood? Maybe. And so that's why he didn't end up in Slytherin? It's possible. Um... Because... Slytherin was very specific about that. Like that's that's yeah. what the 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 monster of Slytherin yeah. in the Chamber of Secrets was about in the first place. So I'm wondering if maybe that's the case it, because it, he does seem to exhibit certain traits that would place him in Slytherin. But if he's not pure blood, then they wouldn't take him. Right. Did we lose her again? No, sorry. Okay, no, it's fine. I just wanted to make sure. No, I'm. I was I was seeing if I could like find any. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. If that is a fact that only purebloods are in Slytherin. Because I had not even thought about that. But they're all like snobby snuck up about it. But like, Because I want to say that was um, something the Sorting Hat had actually specifically said. Um, and I don't remember if it was Order of the Phoenix or Half-Blood Prince. But he was talking about how they had actually divided up the students the very first year. Yeah. Um, because the the way he described it, and um, Jax has a real problem with this. We actually had a, a debate about this one night. Um, the Sorting Hat specifically stated that Gryffindor only took the bravest. Slytherin only took the purebloods. Right. Ravenclaw only took the smartest. And then Hufflepuff, 
uh, decided that everybody deserved to learn. So she yeah. took everybody else. Yeah, I don't think I I don't think the House of Slytherin, you know, House Slytherin by the time of Harry Potter was strictly pure bloods. That depends on how the Sorting Hat was enchanted to discern who this belongs is true. where. This is true. And you said that Jax had a problem with it. Jax, because... Jax has a problem with the idea that Hufflepuffs are just the ones that don't belong. Okay. They're not, though. No, they're not. Lo- loyalty and compassion are the defining traits of uh, Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of, I kind of appreciate the the idea that somebody was willing to take in all of these yes. misfits yes, that didn't really fit in anywhere else, that nobody thought deserved the right to learn magic. Yeah, at least back in the day of the of the four founders. Yeah. So I kind of like that that narrative. Yeah. No. Absolutely. But that's also why I feel like the the criteria change slowly over time yeah well and there's also the question of this idea that was introduced in fantastic beasts of the obscurus like at that point it's dangerous to reject anybody with magical abilities and keep them from learning yeah absolutely so you got it i mean you got to take them in and then you got to put them somewhere apparently Hmm. yeah Something else that I find really interesting was, um, I think it was in book seven, when Harry's like going through Snape's like last memories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore had made some sort of a comment to him at one point about how he wonders if they sort too early. Mm. Yeah. Dumbledore had said that? Dumbledore yes. had said that. I think he was implying that Snape probably would have been better off in Gryffindor. Yeah. Hmm. Because I he did, he did exhibit a lot of, uh, like bravery and standing up for what was right. Yeah. Later on he, in his life, he likely would have had more healthy development, healthier friends, and probably hmm. wouldn't have been target of the Marauders. Yes. If he wasn't a Slytherin, he may have been teased by them on occasion, but it wouldn't have been as brutal because he was because he was part of their house. Yeah. Yeah, and we all know how toxic the uh, Gryffindor-Slytherin rivalry is on both sides. Honestly. Yeah, that strikes me as one of those things that I I have to wonder if it was a statement that she was trying to make about, like, school rivalries or sports rivalries in general or or something. Yeah. Possible, yeah. Because that, yeah, the parallel is, um, yeah. So yeah, houses. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do find it interesting, like researching like colors and stuff recently, that um, the secondary colors for each of the houses basically goes like gold, silver, bronze, black. Yeah. Like, interesting. Could they not have been like pewter or something like that? Yeah. No. Like she's basically ranking the houses at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't hmm. agree with. No, no. Yeah, no. And then, you know, there's this whole other thing about how Gryffindor's is um, blatantly favorited by the headmaster. Right. Was Dumbledore maybe. in Gryffindor yes. as well? Okay. Yes, he was. Which leads me to believe that maybe uh, maybe uh, headmasters shouldn't be former students. 
That's a good point. Just a thought. <laughs> Not that there's any other options in Yeah, because, I mean, you've got one school for all of Europe. Yeah. Well, not all of Europe, but, you know, all of the UK, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. It's uh, definitely a broken system, but there's not really anything I can think of that would fix that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, through all of the movies and all of the books that I read, I just wasn't a fan of Dumbledore in general. I just think he sucked at his job, and he was a horrible person. So... (laughs) He was one of those he was one of those do whatever it takes. Yeah. Ends justify the means types. Yeah. yeah. And the, like you know everybody holds him on like this pedestal but Harry wasn't even a person to him. Right. He was a means to an end. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, that does get kind of subverted a little bit in the books cuz Harry ends up having like this really big trust issue with Mm. Dumbledore like as much as in the second book he's like you know Dumbledore's gonna stop you and he's the best wizard that ever lived and that like summons Fox to him and all of that Mm -hmm. later on it's like there's this really I don't know there's this hesitance with Harry to trust Dumbledore in any way yeah at what point did that start coming about though I want to say book four he like you could kind of tell like he wasn't really sure that everything was on the up and up but by book five he was just like yeah you're not even talking to me i don't know if i want to do what you say yeah so that is you know that's an interesting an interesting point yeah um I, i kind of equate that a little bit to a lot of what we started seeing with uh, Professor X in the more recent, some of the more recent comics. Yes. Yeah, very much so, where he's not being terribly forthcoming with the information that he's sharing. Well, there's that, and then there's this idea of, like, you've had this person up on a pedestal for so long, and then the pedestal right. gets knocked out from under them. Yes. Yeah. Like, they're not, they're not everything that they've presented themselves to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Um, Suki brings up a very good point. Wouldn't that make Dumbledore a Slytherin? He definitely exhibits some traits. Yeah. Excuse me, ma'am? <laughs> Where'd she say that at? She texted it to me. Oh. <laughs> She's cheating getting the podcast early. Yes. <laughs> She wanted she wanted to sit here and do it while I she wanted to sit here and listen while I did it, but I couldn't get the sound quality good enough without wearing headphones. Mm-hmm. So she went and logged on the server and has her mic on mute. <laughs> yes. One of these days we'll actually have her on the show. She listens all the time. Yes, she does. She's your biggest fan. <laughs> um, but that's an interesting point um, because, uh, like you said you know, whatever it takes to get the job done. Yeah. No, that is that is a very Slytherin... Uh... That's so weird, then. I get, well, then again, the whole sorted too early. Exactly. He was sorted into Gryffindor when he was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, there's this, the, the, the whole... Oh, 
this should probably should have gone at the beginning. Spoilers for the entire Harry Potter series. Oh, yeah. Just going to throw that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll do. I'm just going to throw that at the beginning. Major spoilers, you guys, for the entire Harry Potter series. We're horrible people. <laughs> um, How inconsiderate. Well, also, remember that uh, Dumbledore had some uh, trauma in his past that changed yeah. fundamentally who he was as yeah. a person. Well, he had, he had, there were two major incidents. There was the, um, his, his sister being bullied to the point of not being mentally stable, Mm -hmm. which I think kind of curved him in one direction because that's when he met Grindelwald Mm. and Mm. they started like seriously hunting down the Deathly Hallows with this whole idea of wizards are superior to muggles and the muggles need to be subdued yeah but then he gets into a fight with his brother and in the ensuing nonsense his sister ends up getting killed yeah which swerves him complete 180 in the other direction right and then his fight with uh grendelwald Mm -hmm. influences how he handles voldemort years later yeah which, I mean, obviously we're going to be getting a lot more insight into that in the, the movie coming up. But yeah. I, I feel like that may have influenced some of his colder approach. Particularly where Harry's involved. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Because he felt too much, I think. He considers himself as feeling too much with the whole Grindelwald mm. situation. Yeah. That he was too close to the situation. That he was too close to Grindelwald. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, again, takes the other extreme for the good of society, if you will. But yeah, that's um, some interesting, um, some interesting points. And I do agree. I think, I think that, I think that they're sort of too early because mm-hmm. you're still in development stages right. at 11 years old. Like, oh yeah. And, and not only do people have, the capacity to change who they are drastically over the next several mm-hmm. years of their life, but putting them into what are essentially echo chambers, really, right? so early is going to influence their development further. Yeah. Which is dangerous. I mean, I think Draco is, is a really good yeah. example of that. Mm-hmm. I would die for Draco. <laughs> There's a lot of people in the series that you would die for. Okay. You're right. <laughs> Cause didn't we have that didn't you say that about Neville? We were having that conversation about Neville? I would die for Neville. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yes, exactly what you're saying is you know, Drake Drake because of the fact that you know who his family was and mm-hmm. the house he was sorted into, Draco suffered a lot. Yeah. And he had his, I mean, Draco is a very uh, impressionable personality, I think. Yeah. Because a lot of his sure. behavior was learned from his father and from the other people around him in Slytherin. Yeah. I don't really know what the alternative would be other than like a second sorting, maybe. Yeah. In like year four or year five. I think that there's just too much pressure put onto what house you're in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it should just be that's your your school team. 
Yeah. These are your school colors. Like this is this is it's supposed to be fun. It's school. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's taken so seriously by all these adults. And so these kids are pressured. I think the whole idea of like values that your house upholds is a really good idea. But again, that's part of the pressure. And you can't even really say that, oh, that's for the older kids because stuff like that trickles down to younger yeah. generations that are that are involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's things like that that once you graduate what house you were in, you don't know half the houses that these adults were in. No. Because it didn't matter. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, but these kids are being pressured. You know, there's so much, like, expectation on the yeah. house that they're in. They're under a lot of pressure during very, very formative years, which is yes. not not healthy, really. No. It's, yeah. It's dangerous. But yeah, houses, the, the whole house system, I mean, it's fun, but some of the psychological implications are a little concerning. Yeah. <sighs> I think that pretty much exhausts the uh, house discussion for now, though. Yeah. So here's a... Um, here's just a possibly a bit of a lighter uh question uh, um, maybe <laughs> uh what's your favorite book slash movie in the series i get a lot of heat for this one a lot of heat for it <laughs> but i stand by it prisoner of azkaban is my absolute favorite both book and movie mm. i mean i've only read the first four books so i've only read half the series right but so far, it's my favorite book, and it's my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. And I know the movie leaves out so much from the book; like, there's so much more. Well, here's the there's a the major book. difference, and again, we'll we'll get into this later. But there's a major the major difference between um, the the differences, the changes they made in Prisoner of Azkaban, and the changes that they made in Goblet of Fire were very different, like. I really wish that they had left in little little bits of information, like the fact that Remus and, and Sirius and James and Peter were the original Marauders, because that connection isn't made. I never even realized that that wasn't made, because that's just something that... Because the person who introduced me to Harry Potter was so deep in the whole story, mm-hmm. she made sure to make sure I knew these things. Right. So when I looked back and thought on it, it never occurred to me that they didn't explain that in the movies. Well, yeah, because I didn't know because I saw the movies first. Yeah, that's something, like I said, Jordan watched the movies and then he just finished the books and he came to me. He's like, that's so cool. Like, he he always makes fun of me for liking Prisoner <laughs> of Azkaban. But once he read the book, he's like, it's such a good story. It is. It's really, really good. And the implications are made, but they never actually make the direct connection, which I think is mm-hmm. a misstep. But yeah. most of the stuff that they leave out are really, really minor, not really minor, but details that aren't necessary to make the plot make sense. Yeah. Whereas with Goblet of Fire, you have entire, like, subplots just cut out completely. Yeah. And it does damage some of the narrative a little bit. What about you, Fen? What's your, what's your favorite? Um, yeah. Oh, uh, Prince. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite book is Prisoner of Azkaban Mm. because Lupin is my favorite Lupin is awesome I would die for Lupin (laughs) (laughs) Lupin 
If we're putting it wow. in Risa terms. Thank you. Is he my favorite character? Uh, it's it's close. It's close. Um, <laughs> uh, favorite movie? I don't know. This is another weird one, but I actually did really enjoy the Half-Blood Prince movie. I didn't even know that. I'm just guessing because I know you. <laughs> I just know you. The book was really slow, but I enjoyed the movie. Not that I hated the, but the book was much slower. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna have to probably say that. Um. Prisoner of Azkaban were were my favorites. Um. Oh, do I really want to say that? Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. I think Goblet of Fire was actually probably my favorite book. Oh. I <laughs> that book I like the book better than the movie. But that might be one of my least favorite movies. And I don't really have a real reason. I dislike the fact that they completely eliminate like all the red herrings. Mm. Like there's there's never really any true question about the fact that Moody's not quite right. Which, yeah, like there was this, there was this major thing in the in in the books. It's like there 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 were clues, but they were extremely subtle, and I feel like they oversimplified it in the movie. Right. Yeah, it was almost as if like the writers of the movie, as they were going, didn't know how it was supposed to end. <laughs> so they were like, they were like, this was mentioned in the book, but it's not important. And so and, they threw it out, but yeah. then come to the end, like it was a clue towards the end, but you just chose not to put it in because what reason? And it's a huge risk anytime you're trying to adapt something that's in progress. Mm. Is knowing what details are important and what aren't. Yes. I think what she's referring to, though, are just specifically within the book itself. Just oh, that movie. The, oh, it's just book, that yeah. movie itself. Yeah. Because you find out at the end of that book movie that Moody wasn't Moody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, like she was saying, that there were clues all throughout that he was off, but they just didn't use those in the movie. Or they they ramped them up too much. They, as if they didn't think it was important for you to see that. Like, yeah. they, never, they never actually mention in the movie that he's paranoid. Right. Which is a major plot point in the book is like he's super yeah. paranoid, like he thought he got attacked in the middle of the night and then when the authorities showed up there was nobody there. Mm. Like that's supposed to be your first clue. He did actually get attacked oh, in the middle yeah. of the night. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Although uh, I don't know. I just the the tongue flick thing bothers me because I feel like it's really, really dumbing down the mystery. That that's that one's not a writer thing though. That one, that one is, uh, that one is one hundred percent something that David Tennant did during his scenes. Like I get like that. A, it was a tick that he threw on the character that they, they passed on to Moody. Like I get that. Mm -hmm. But it was intentionally done to tell us, like telegraph to right. us who it was, because even the trial scene in the book is extremely different. Yeah, that's true. Like, the trial scene in the book makes Crouch seem like a much worse father. 
because his son is sitting there begging him saying please i didn't do it you have to believe me why are you doing this to me it wasn't me he's like in tears yeah so crouch first of all seems like a really really trashy parent for putting his son away like yeah. so coldly but right. then it's revealed later that he did it to save face and then broke his son out later because mm. that wasn't addressed in the movie either yeah that's how right. how did like azkaban is supposed to be this super high security prison but apparently everybody just breaks out all the time yeah like unless you explain how people are getting out it doesn't make sense right which they don't do in either of the books like if you think about it, you don't think about that they never explain in the movie how serious black got out right yeah also they don't explain what happens to barty jr mm. after the fact do you know what yeah. happened to him? I don't remember. Risa, do you remember? Um, no. I don't know. He straight up got killed. Oh. By a Dementor. Oh, right. Yeah. That Fudge brought to Hogwarts, quote unquote, for his own protection. Yikes. Like, that was a whole thing. And hmm. in the movies, it's just like, well, we're just never going to talk about him again. I think mm. the implication is that they took him back to Azkaban. Yeah. But you would think that if that were the case, he would have got out again when Azkaban was broken open. Right. But we just never hear from him again. Yeah. yeah. And I know a lot of that comes from, like, having different directors for each of the each of the movies. Yeah. And we just went on this whole, like, rabbit hole about the differences between the books and the movies that I did not intend to do. Sorry! <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> but no, uh, I actually really, really did enjoy the Goblet of Fire mm -hmm. book. And as I was reading it, I kept thinking to myself, I was like, wow, this is so much more like in-depth and robust. And there's so much more to it that I didn't realize was missing. Yeah. But now that I think about it, the movie feels very disjointed. Yeah. But yeah, I, I as far as the movies go from the movies that I can remember, mm. um, Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite. Thank you. <laughs> For the longest time, my favorite was Chamber of Secrets, and I don't even know why. I actually, um, I don't know why, but I don't care much for Chamber of Secrets. I couldn't, A lot of I couldn't people don't. And I think it's just because I had this, like, infatuation with, um, Tom Riddle in that one. Gotcha. Ah, I should have made the joke. And what was that? That you just liked it for Tom Riddle. Oh. Should have made the joke. You should have. <laughs> it was really funny when I first saw that one. But now I saw the movies before I read any of the books. Um, I'm watching Same. it. And it literally took me until he spelled it out <laughs> for me to realize that he was Voldemort. He's literally there saying to him, Voldemort is my past, present, and my future. And I look at the girl I'm watching it with, and I was like, geez, he's such a fanboy. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I this dumb? <laughs> it's okay. Harry didn't get it either. <laughs> he literally spelled it out and was like, Oh, that makes sense. You know what? I think I know what it is that I don't like about Chamber of Secrets. Is because when I first saw them, because I was watching the movies, 
And it's right. like, the first movie is like, oh, turns out it was Voldemort at the end. And then the second movie is going through, it's like, whoa, it, it seems like this might be somebody else. And at the end, it was Voldemort again. And I was just <laughs> like, could you not come up with something more original? It's always Voldemort. <laughs> I know, it is all, always Voldemort. And that's like, it's it, it it's it's intentionally done that way. But at the time, I was expecting it to be more like, less of like an overarching plot kind of thing, and more right. of, I don't know, comics, I guess. I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah. It makes sense. No, no, the, the idea of having different villains, for like, it's not that unusual of an idea. Right. It just, it felt overused to me. And it was it was one hundred percent because I didn't really understand the series at the time. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's only the second movie, and you're like expecting a di- something new to happen. Yeah. Although Voldemort didn't show up in uh, Azkaban, did he? I don't. Technically, he was mentioned, but he right. didn't play any kind of a major part in Azkaban. No. Right, because there wasn't really a villain per se. He was yeah. a subverted villain, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the true villain was time. <laughs> Based on those reactions, I'm I'm going to guess the whole time travel thing is not very well received by most of the people in this room. Oh, uh, sorry. That no, no. That I I enjoyed time travel. Okay. Oh I no, I think that that I was the worst part of the movie. <laughs> oh really? Do you want to Do you want to expound on that? I don't know. Like that part just felt like I just it just always... felt so unnecessary, and I just it felt like it was done really weird. And mm-hmm. it was like, so you go through this movie, and you're you think you're at the end of the movie, and then it's like, wait a second, we're gonna take ten minutes more <laughs> to do this random thing, and then we can end the movie. Well, they had to save everyone. It was so weird. It just. The pacing of it just yeah, threw me off. The pacing in the movie was a little bit off. Yeah. I, I feel like it was better handled in the book. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I just always forget that Prisoner of Azkaban was the one with the time travel. Me too, honestly. <laughs> Which is weird because it's my favorite movie, but I just you don't I like, don't the last like that minutes. part. It's <laughs> weird. It's just like, okay, the movie's done. Wait a second. Okay, now we're done. <laughs> yeah, no, in the book, you didn't feel like it was as over- Yes. As it was. Well, I think that's also might have to do with the fact that with a physical book, you can tell how much of the book is left. Yeah. With a movie, yeah. not so much. Unless you know ahead of time, like, how long the running time is for the movie, and you know how long it's been running for. But for the most part, you're you're not paying attention to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that makes sense. Although I feel like that that's detrimental in some cases as well. Like, if you try to... Like, in the book, you try to make it seem like things are over. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, yeah. well, I mean, I've got half of the book left, so it's not yeah. really an effective plot device. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it could have it could have played out well in the movie, but just, it just wasn't handled well, I don't mm-hmm. think. Mm. And they just, I feel like they could have done a better job of hinting at it and, like, yeah. Bring it like it came out of nowhere and you were like, "Whoa, wait, time travel's a thing?" Yeah. Well, actually, um and this might have been too subtle. 
And I'm not just saying too subtle for you. I mean, just too subtle in general, because sometimes sometimes movies are too subtle with things. There is a time motif throughout the entire movie. Like they've got mm-hmm. that giant pendulum in like the entrance hall that they show in several, several shots throughout the movie. Hmm, I don't think I've ever really noticed that. Yeah. And I know they kept trying to go around the fact that like Hermione was oh like appeared out of nowhere. I didn't. I didn't actually. I actually didn't like the way that was handled. It was handled much yeah. better in the book. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't pull it off as effectively. Well, because she doesn't just randomly appear places. Yeah. So in the book, it's more like they were walking with her away from one class, and then all of a sudden she's gone and she's coming up the stairs to meet them. Like I feel like that. Like could could they? I guess they wanted to make it more obvious. Mm. Yeah. Instead of making it look like a continuity error. Right. Yeah. Uh, it still could have been handled better. Yeah. There's also the whole, like, I actually really appreciated this part of it, where, like, they kind of show the passing of the seasons with the, the Whomping Willow. Mm, yes. Yeah. Which is actually something that they did in the book with the, uh, oh no, they did it in book two with the, the Mandrakes. Mm, yeah and kind of documenting their life cycle and stuff like that it's like every Mm -hmm. couple of chapters or or like every few chapters or so it would start with an update on here's how the mandrakes are growing up right but the they actually did that um a little bit in the third movie with the the whomping willow showing it throughout Mm. like all the seasons and i feel like not only did that kind of drive home the whole time motif but it also gave a really good sense for like passage of time throughout the year, which I don't feel like most of the movies did very well. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of movies in general just have a hard time uh, conveying how much time is passing during the story without saying, ah, two days later, three right. months later, etc. I think we had, we had touched on that a little bit with our Star Wars discussion as well. Mm, yes. Do we want to delve into the rabbit hole that is favorite character why not how about we pick a top three does that make things easier for everybody? that would be yeah. really nice <laughs> <laughs> yes top three top three, top three okay wait let me think about it i need to find a third me right now <laughs> <laughs> do you know your top three just um, kidding I, I think i have a third i know loop i know lupin is is part of my top three that's good that's good. He deserves it. <laughs> he deserves it. <laughs> deserved better. Lupin deserved better. Well, do you know the reason why he couldn't stay longer than a year? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Risa, I, does Risa know the Ooh. reason? I don't know if Risa oh, knows I did this. at one point in my life. The reason why he lost his job is because Voldemort had come along asking for the job several years before and Dumbledore wouldn't give it to him so he cursed the position yep oh that's right I did know that just kidding he specifically he specifically cursed it so that Dumbledore wouldn't be able to keep a teacher for longer than a year at that at that position I did know that which begs the question did Snape know who I doubt it because he still really wanted that position that's that's why I'm asking. Like, even being a Death Eater, you don't think that Voldemort would have told him? I don't know. Maybe. That's a, that's a tough one. 
Because he had he had been teaching already for a while. Yeah. When, if I'm not mistaken, unless he started teaching there after the fact, because I actually don't remember. I don't know what the timeline is. Um. Yeah, I don't. No, I think he had started teaching after the fact. Okay, so maybe he didn't know. Hmm. But anyway, anybody else want to name one of their top three? Um. I I also, I also have Lupin in my top three. He is, he deserved a better fate. He did. So unfair. He was a, like, because he was, I don't know, he was a good person. He was one of the few genuinely good Yeah. Um, teachers that actually filled that position during the time that Harry was there. Yeah. Yeah, because. Not to mention one of the best teachers that Harry ever actually had. Right. Who was the. No, the best teacher he ever had was Snape. <laughs> says the Slytherin. Debatable. Um I I have I have thoughts on that, but um I'm trying to think who was the dark arts teacher in Oh Moody, never mind. <laughs> Try I'm trying to go through them all in my head now. Um Quirrell. Quirrell Lockhart. Lockhart. Ugh. Lupin. Lockhart was the best. <laughs> uh Lockhart Lupin. Moody. Umbridge. Umbridge. Slughorn. And no, then... no. Incorrect. What? Slughorn did not teach Defense Against the Dark Arts. Oh. Slughorn taught potions. Oh, right. So Snape had the job that year. I was oh, going to say, didn't Snape get hey. the job one year? Finally got it. I forgot about that, yeah. But again... He only had the job for a year because That's after right. that he was a headmaster. That's right because he would have he would have figured out that Harry was using his book. Oh yes, oh in yes. In the middle, yeah. He would have known right away. He'd have known yeah. like part way through that potion. He'd be like, "Why are you doing things that way? Nobody does things that way. That's the way I do things. Get out of my class." He would have like grabbed the book. Yep. And. Uh, the movie would have ended. It would have been <laughs> ugly. It would have been, been, been ugly. I don't know, though, if he would have even been given the book because he didn't have a book. He wouldn't have even been yeah, in the class. No. no, he wouldn't have been. Yeah, he wouldn't have been allowed to stay. He would not, no, he would not have made it into the class the first day because he didn't know he was going to class. That's why he ended up with the book in the first place. Oh, uh, right. He didn't have a book. Oh no, that's right. Because Snape wouldn't have let him into potions that year exactly. because of his. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then it was the uh, the the siblings there, right? Yes, seventh year was the. Uh, I don't remember what their names were. The Death Eaters. Yeah, the Death Eaters. They were awful, and yep. it wasn't so much defense against the dark arts as the dark arts. <laughs> Yeah, weren't the uh, weren't the seventh years being tested? Like yeah, they were having to test so... their their spells on like first years. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so yeah, Lupin was the only good one. Yep, the only good dark arts teacher. Yes. Yeah, because then you've got like Flitwick was good, and and McGonagall is amazing. Right, but <laughs> what I mean specifically is but yeah, Lupin. Lupin, yeah. no, no, no. Lupin was the only one who actually mentored Harry yes. to any capacity. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Agreed. He like, was he was doing extracurricular teaching. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I know Reese hasn't seen it yet, but the new uh, Fantastic Beasts 2 trailer implies that he got some of his uh, teaching style from Dumbledore. Yeah. Because we see uh, in the trailer, we see Dumbledore using Boggart's in class. Hmm. I love that. I just, Which, I, I honestly, adore I don't that. know. If, I don't know if I would have pegged Dumbledore as a defense against the dark arts teacher. I've been hearing some things around. I haven't actually done any deep digging into this, but I've heard people complain that Dumbledore was supposed to have been Transfiguration teacher. I don't know where that comes you from. I don't know what the source is for that. But you know what? Ridiculous would have been would have fit under that Transfiguration. I think. Yeah. So it still fits. Well, yeah, because it's it's a transformative spell just because you're using yeah. it against a monster yeah and it just and yeah dumbledore is a little uh bit of a maverick so it makes sense that he would be <laughs> we're gonna teach you practical applications of this yeah yeah no um yeah so risa who's on who, who's one person on your top three list uh draco malfoy draco yep. i don't really have a valid reason <laughs> I really don't, and I try to think of it. <laughs> I just, I just feel so bad for him and his whole, mm. his whole situation. I wish that he had gotten more of a, a redemption at the end. To be honest with you, yes, yeah, because they they go to great lengths. She she goes to great lengths to show that Malfoy has become very very uncomfortable with the whole situation and and the the situation that he's been put in. And he obviously wants out. And they did a really good job of portraying that in the movies as well. It was yeah, that was one thing they did transfer over really well. But we don't really get any kind of a redemption or him striving to make it right. I think that he just doesn't know how. And that's that's fair. Like he wants to, but he literally cannot. I mean, he can't go against his father. Like that's a lot of it, I think. Yeah. But the whole the the character arc kind of left me wanting a little bit yeah. at the end, personally. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I, I feel like there was a lot of potential that that was not fulfilled. Yeah. Of course, I'm a sucker for a good redemption story. So. Oh yeah, redemption stories are always, when done well, some of my favorites. Which probably has a lot to do with the fact that. Uh, Star Wars has been my favorite series of movies since I was eight years old. Right, right. That's probably got a lot to do with it. That's the classic redemption story. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Draco, do you... I don't know. Rom, I don't know if you ever saw this. Um, but there was... Emma had left this little stuffed Draco on the table in the living room. Yeah, Cassie got it is that, I was going to say, is that the one that I got her? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, he was sitting next to he's that my, little... He's my driving buddy. Aww. That... Keep him in the car with me. Sorry. Oh, I love him. They're fine. Well, he was sitting next to um, that glass dish that Mom breaks out for the uh, M&Ms around uh -huh. Christmas. Right. Okay. Oh, I remember this now. I know where you're going. And it was, it was empty. And this little stuffed Draco just looks so angry and grumpy. <laughs> So I, no, he was sitting on top of the bowl. That's what it was. Somebody had okay. set him on top of the bowl, so I just shoved him down in it. Like oh. head first. <laughs> Not so head, no. Down. 
Not head first. Was He's he not, not upside down. He is I sitting. I swore he was upside down, okay? He is sitting at the bottom of this bowl, looking crumpily out at it. And I took a picture. I think I Snapchatted <laughs> a picture to Emma and captioned it, my father will hear about this. <laughs> uh, it was beautiful. And this is why I started laughing when she mentioned Draco Malfoy. Because that was the first thing I thought of, was this picture. And I'll have to send it to you later. My father will hear about this. <laughs> it was the funniest thing at the time. That's great. That is great. That is fantastic. He was just so grumpy, and he looked even grumpier distorted by this little glass bowl. Right. <sighs> <laughs> but I love him. He goes everywhere with me. That's adorable. Um... But yes, he, I don't know, I just, I just want so much for him. Yeah, that's fair. He could, I mean, he could be so much better if it weren't for his parental and social situation. Mm. One of, one of the times that I like, fell in love with him was in, I want to say it was Chamber of Secrets, um, and they're at, I can't I can't remember the name of the bookstore. They're at the bookstore getting books. Right. And it was right. when his dad walks in and, you know, is like harassing them all. Well, he's he he starts targeting Hermione. Mm-hmm. And Draco's standing there and like the look on his face, like he wants to protect her because Aww. it's he's scared of his dad. Like he knows that his dad is serious. Like he threatens these people at school and he makes fun of them. But he can't actually do anything. But he can't do anything. And so his dad starts coming at her and he looks terrified for her. Like he wants to help her. Mm. And that like I don't know why I noticed that. But it just it made me so sad because it's one of those you kind of get. That's when of course that's when you meet his dad. But you kind of see that that's why he's like this is he has no choice. I kind of feel too like that might be a little bit of. I know what this is going to be like for you because this is what I get on a regular basis. Yeah. Because in the book, there's a lot more of like Lucis um, just like hammering into him and treating him like absolute trash. Yeah. Um, just, you know, telling him that he's not going to amount to anything and that, that he's a terrible son and that he's not worth anything. And that, that gets to you after a while. Yeah. Especially coming from your dad. Yeah, exactly. Like, those are the opinions that matter to you. Mm, yeah. So yeah, he, he's definitely got the potential to be a much better person. But his yeah. parental situation and his societal situation, all the pressure that he's under, like we were talking about, um, really prevents him from rising to the occasion in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think that... and. I just, he, it's not even just like the story ended before you got to see it. He just, he never did do anything yeah, with it. He just, he just kind of walks, he just kind of walks away. And that's yeah. it. And then he just goes off and lives his life. And I think that that is just because he, I think he just didn't know how to mm. fix it. He was at a point that, you know, that's how he was raised. He literally yeah. knew nothing else. And so he was just stuck at that point. And and to be fair, um, there's a whole 19 years later thing mm-hmm. where it, it really seems like he's developed a lot of respect for mm-hmm. Harry after the fact. Yeah. But they still don't really talk to each other. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing is he just he never went beyond this is this is done. 
he like separated himself from you know yeah all the death eaters and all of that but that was it yeah there was no there was nothing else to it i mean it was it was the end of their last year of school so to be fair there probably really wasn't a whole lot of opportunity but there's still the fact that he did not make any attempt to create the opportunity yeah and i guess that's that's the the fundamental difference between slytherin and gryffindor right because if there was anybody in this series that we saw that was like a hundred percent one house it was probably draco right yeah because the hat didn't even get onto his head yeah absolutely not not that I'm saying that that's uh oh no yeah it's, it it it's not a point against him it's just no. that he didn't have the 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 capacity for that kind of bravery to be able to get out of the situation himself yes and then after the fact he didn't have the emotional tools necessary to fix what he had done yeah yeah no that makes makes a lot of sense but to be fair, too, I mean, that's that's on Harry and the rest of them for not reaching out to him at mm-hmm. the same time and making sure that he's okay, because he went through a lot. Yeah. yeah. Another character on your top three? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Um, hmm. Oh, this is this is kind of tight, kind of close. Um, but I'm going to go with Tonks. Tonks. Weirdo. <laughs> uh yeah but she's kind of proud of that so yeah that's not really an insult to her <laughs> one of the few hufflepuffs that plays a major role in the stories is that is she hufflepuff yep mm-hmm. that's surprising because her mother was a slytherin i'm assuming <laughs> yes yeah i think so yeah because her uh andromeda 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 black was it mm-hmm well, there yeah. was the, there were the, there were the three sisters, right? Was uh, Narcissa, Andromeda, and Bellatrix. Were they? Was I believe they were all sisters. I thought I thought Bellatrix was actually a Lestrange. No, she married into the family. Okay, because they were they were a couple. That's something that doesn't come up. I don't think in the movies because right. it was a surprise to me when it came across it in the books. It, they were a couple. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was stated that um I feel, always feel like I pronounce it really weird. Narcissa. Narcissa, Narcissa. and Narcissa. Bellatrix were sisters and that okay. that was stated. I knew that they were yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, Andromeda was 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 the other one. There were three of them. Yeah. Um and Andromeda was the other one. They have such weird names. Is that like a black family thing? Yes. I think okay. so. Wait, I think and I think they're all either well. No, they're not. There's, there's, there's no pattern. There's not. They just are. Because <laughs> Sirius and Andromeda are both um, stellar names. Fair point. Fair point. Andromeda and Narcissa are both Greek names. And then there's Bellatrix. <laughs> and then there's Bellatrix. But no, she, um, she, she married a Lestrange. Okay. That's kind of the, um. I guess the the defining fact with Lita Lestrange is that she's not actually related, as far as we know, That's, to yeah. Bellatrix. Yeah. More than likely, she's related to her husband, 
Probably, yeah. But yeah, Tonks. Yep. I like... I, I don't know that if I've, if I've got, like, a really strong reason. I just... I really enjoyed the character. Um, having some levity, I guess. She shows a lot of strength of character, too. Yes. Considering the fact that she chooses to stay with Lupin. Yes. And and fights to stay with Lupin. Yeah. Because even if, he, even if she has to fight him. Well, yeah. Well, because he's so convinced that he doesn't deserve it, that he won't, that he won't do anything. Mm-hmm. And she won't let him wallow and sink into his depression. Right. And that's not an easy thing to do. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Definitely some 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 strength to her. I wish I remembered her more in the movie. Because I have mm. no she was Her character was not done justice at all in the movie. She was just no. kind of there. She was like yeah. a token character that was like, oh, there's a character from the book, you guys. <laughs> and she had like yeah. two lines and she was in like four scenes and they didn't even not in the movies they didn't even like it's probably why i don't remember her the only scene i really remember her remember her was the beginning of the first deathly hollows i think was when they, the one where they, they were all disguised, disguised as, yeah yes. yeah that was that was <laughs> her only, biggest part in the whole thing the where they scene i really remember her in that was her hair where changed colors and that was where they were like, um, they made an indication that she was with uh, Lupin. Lupin. I don't remember if they referenced the fact that they were going to have a kid. They didn't. They that was never mentioned in the movie at all. Oh, that's a shame. <sighs> as that's... far as I remember, because I did not know until you told me that. Mm, that's such an important thing, though, because Teddy is Teddy is like Harry. And that's yeah. an important, that is such an important moment. Where did Teddy end up after the fact, by the way? Because I don't know if I ever found that out. Harry took him in. Oh, really? Harry took him in because Harry was his godfather. Oh, my heart. Because that was that was actually a big deal when uh, Ramus was running from his problems in... No, yeah, I do, um, I do remember that. He made, he made Harry his godfather, and Harry actually did raise Teddy. Along with his own kids. Well, because he had like three kids of his own, didn't he? Yes. By the end, yes. like at the at the end of the book, at the end yeah, of the, the book, end of the, they the specify end of the book, like, he had first, like James. He had James Albus, and he had I don't remember her name. I don't remember her name either. It was probably Lily. It was yeah, it was, it was probably <laughs> Lily. Um, but yeah, no, I'm pretty sure, and I I if I'm wrong, somebody's gonna correct me. Um, but I'm pretty sure Teddy was raised by harry because harry was his godfather yeah but yeah no that was that was actually a really important thing was yeah. that the second basically the second war with the death eaters was started because of a a child was left an orphan of war and it ended with a child being left an orphan of war and that was a that was a parallel that they actually if i remember right i want to say the book actually like highlighted that that parallel I don't. I don't remember, unfortunately. Like that. That detail escapes me. Mm -hmm. um, I guess that answers my my question, though. Is why did they both have to die? Because that really sucked. Mm -hmm. But that actually makes a lot more sense. And it sucks yeah. that it makes sense, but it does. Mm -hmm. That was. I want to say that was one of the one of those times that J.K. said that she just she broke down. 
Yeah. When she wrote it, she felt so terrible. She stated that that's one of the deaths she feels the worst about. Mm-hmm. That she hates that she had to do it, but she had to kill Lupin. Because the Marauders had to all die. Yeah. Like, yeah. for for narrative purposes, the, the Marauders had to die. And it sucks. It absolutely sucks, but... I find it interesting that he still had, um, with the Resurrection Stone, he still had four people. Because his mother basically took the place of Pettigrew. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that is that is a really nice touch. Yeah, no, Tonks. It's a good pick. It was either her or Hagrid for that hmm. that third spot. Because I really enjoy Hagrid as a character. I, I enjoy Hagrid as a character, too. If I had to pick... Let's see. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say my, my last two um, are Hagrid and uh, Sirius. Mm. Mind you, Sirius has a lot of flaws. A lot of flaws. Yeah. Like, a lot of flaws. He... He is very much a black. I mean, he is. As much as he tries to avoid that, he's, yeah. I Boys mean, for for no other reason other than the the the, the way he treats creature mm. is just atrocious. Yeah, he's horrible. The creature. He's also incredibly immature. Yeah, he is. And to be fair, he did spend twelve years in prison, locked away from yes. society. Yeah, uh, dealing with that, like not death eaters, uh, uh, Dementors. Like, it's it's understandable, but it doesn't make it any less. Just no, no, no I'm not. Like... I mean, he was he wasn't a great person to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like I said, you know, Gryffindor doesn't automatically mean chivalrous and good, right? And Sirius and James were horrid, horrid bullies. And Sirius didn't have the um, the maturing catalyst of his parents dying that mm-hmm. James had. I feel like of the four, Sirius was the one who never really went beyond who he was in uh, in high school. I don't know. He, I mean, he he. A lot of his motivation with forming any kind of relationship with Harry was because he wanted his friend back. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and he was still just as petty to Snape. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he's he's. I don't hate the character. <laughs> if, if it sounds if it sounds like I'm coming off that way, like I, I I can appreciate that he still had a lot of strength and he had a lot of strengths despite all of his flaws. Mm. I do think he probably would have lived longer if he wasn't such a terrible person. I I don't really know any other way to word it other than that but i know that sounds awful i really do right yeah but the whole the whole situation in the 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 department of mysteries stemmed from the fact that he could not get past his um his prejudice against house elves yeah like i said i know that's really terrible to say no but but makes I mean, there's consequences to the way you treat people. Yes, absolutely. Oh my god. I just learned something. Sorry. This is <laughs> a little off topic, but it's it's on the topic of the blacks. Uh-huh. Arthur Weasley's mother was a black. I think that's brought up in the book, actually. Is it? Okay, I'd forgotten that. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Um one of one of one of the name one of the faces that was blacked out of the wall. 
or the names or whatever it was. I, I want to say it's brought up because they specifically state that the Black family is one of the largest um, pureblood families still in existence. So mm-hmm. just about every pureblood family can trace some part of their their family line to the Blacks. Yeah. And I think they bring up Arthur specifically as an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his um, his mother was a Black... Not closely related to, uh, huh, I think, I think, um, it looks like, yeah, James, James's mother was a black too. So they were related, technically. They were related, which would explain why they were pretty good friends. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting part is, uh, Sirius being a Gryffindor, despite the fact that the majority mm-hmm. of all blacks end up being in Slytherin. Right. Yeah. So do we think that that was a conscious choice on his part? Entirely possible. That he just did not want to be a Slytherin at all? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because he was pretty vehemently against his family. Oh yeah. Which is weird because when you think about his personality, he would fit a Slytherin pretty well. He yeah. would. But I feel like it was just his defiance... Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be associated with his family as much. Yeah. Right. And I guess that's kind of that whole, you can't really change who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who your circumstances and your family make you. He was a black, whether he wanted to be or not. Mm-hmm. But you can you can do better. Yeah. With what you're given. Yeah. Risa, do you have a second character? Um... <laughs> I'm going to say, and this is weird because I didn't think about it until I was thinking about it. <laughs> because I always say that I have a favorite. I have about five people that I say is a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say Luna. And she is never Luna. she is never one of the people I think of when I say, whenever I'm saying, oh, they're my favorite. They're my favorite. She's never one that I say is my favorite. Mm. But I think so she might be one of my one of my favorites. So I'll put her there. Luna's, Luna's I just, pretty great. I don't know. I just love her. And it's I I love the fact that again we get a we get a Ravenclaw in the story. Yeah. And she's a very different sort of Ravenclaw. She is because you look at her and you always my first thought is always Hufflepuff. That's mine too. I think that's I th- I think that's largely um influenced by a lot of the fandom and social media and the the general misconception yes. that there is about Hufflepuffs in general, I think. Yeah. Right. Because the the misconception is that they're the, you know, hippie, flower child type. Weirdos. Worm and fuzzy weirdos, yeah. Band kids. Yeah. Band kids and theater <laughs> don't kids. Don't let Jax hear you say that. <laughs> no, I, I definitely don't think that band kids and theater kids are always Hufflepuffs. I think that's, no, yeah. I think that's a stupid assumption. I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. But that yeah. is I'm not saying that you are dumb for making that assumption. I'm just saying that that is the general misconception yeah. and I think it's kind of dumb. Yes. But but no, I I love that she's actually a Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Cuz she is. She's really smart and her whole thing is the pursuit of the truth and facts regardless of what she's been told or what people are told. Mm. Yes. Regardless of how stupid and crazy and out there those facts might be yes 
Ugh, I had a thought. I was gonna <laughs> say something. I don't remember. I don't know. I would just I would love to know about her character more. She's very mm. intriguing to me. One of the things that like I get super emotional over characters. <laughs> um, but it's nothing wrong with that. When she is introducing Harry to the um Thestrals mm-hmm. and she explains to him that you can only see them. They only like show themselves to people who have seen death. And I wanna know and I'm pretty sure like they already hinted at it, but like what has she been through? It was um it was her mother, actually. Yes, and I remember that. Her mother was into like experimental magic and yeah. stuff and something went horribly horribly wrong and apparently she was there to watch it mm-hmm. which, which is, is really terrible but it is so me and it explains her character so much yes mm-hmm. like that that her a lot of her personality is probably maybe not a result of trauma as much as in spite of trauma yeah and that's that's yeah. what i get is the fact that she is, she's like that, despite mm-hmm. the fact that obviously, you know, I mean, like, her and dad, her dad is insane. To a point. Yeah. It's just, he's, he seems to, a point, again, not familiar with the books. Um, <laughs> in the movies, he is portrayed that he is driven to a point that he, he's just desperate for something. And you're not really sure what, but he's just, I don't know, like, he's hes such a broken person. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. And that she, she could be the exact same way, but right. she is not. She's, she's fairly grounded. Yeah. For somebody who seems like they've got their head in the clouds all the time, she's actually very grounded. Yes. And she's very intelligent, and I feel like a lot of, a lot of the fans... Mm-hmm. like to portray her as very ditzy or like an airhead yes and she's not because yeah. she's a ravenclaw yeah so she's I very know. i mean heck she was she, yes she was the only one in the entire house that knew anything about the the diadem in the first place yeah mm. i remember that i always forget that nobody else had any clue what harry was talking about it's just one of those like it's one of those like they need they need information or something and nobody ever thinks to say hey luna what do you know about this because odds are she knows yeah she knows a lot of like really obscure odd things that may not seem like they'd be important but they they actually are a lot of the time i just love luna she's an angel yeah Mm. luna's great well i think maybe two apiece is probably a good but i didn't get to my number Oh, did you wanna? Did you wanna do well, one more? I I, 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 still, I still don't know which, which of the two I prefer. And it's funny that these are my two favorite characters because there's almost no other pair that would be more diametrically opposed, I guess. <laughs> um, and I, and I, <laughs> um, and I did promise Emma that we would get into, um get into it a little bit okay did um, you what are you talking about i'm confused. we're talking about my favorite characters and there's somebody we haven't mentioned yet uh-oh okay go on uh, and emma of all people should know the this because um your uh your trip to the wizarding world yes and you tell bought- them what wand i got you <laughs> oh you have a wand 
I went to the Wizarding World and I bought Alex a wand because I was like, I'm going to be a nice person and he would love this because (laughs) this is his favorite character. She's... Yes, so I currently possess a replica of Severus Snape's wand. Uh, I really like Snape. We know. And it's funny. It's funny because I have... I remember when I was first watching, like, the first... It was the first... It was uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Mm-hmm. The first time I saw that movie. And you know how... And it seems like the whole time they're setting up Snape as the villain. And I'm like, this this feels wrong. This doesn't feel right. There's no way. There's no way. And that kind of, like... That persisted the entire series. Right up until the end. Mm. That I did not buy Snape as a villain for a second. Well, did you... Did you... I'm assuming you saw the movies first. Yes, I saw all of the movies first okay. and read them afterwards. Because I feel like, as particularly with the the earlier movies, because like I said, I don't remember a lot about the later movies. Um, I feel like there's a little bit less of the bias that there is in the books. Mm, maybe. I, I do think a lot of it also comes down to the way that it, the character was portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, because in order to convince him to take the role, uh, J.K. Rowling actually... She actually sat down and talk, talked with him and told him about what was coming. She, she, called Alan, she called Alan Rickman and told him her entire plan That's for the awesome. character. So he knew before anybody else the end game for that character. Well, maybe not the end game, but he knew the backstory. Right. He knew the connection to lily right right and it it's in it is in the way he portrays the character but no uh i really i really enjoy the complexity of snape as a character um i just i feel like the books didn't do proper justice to him as a person and again mm, i feel like that's the the bias is Mm -hmm. harry sees this teacher that okay snape has some problems with him uh, i get that i really do but i i feel like their initial interaction colored harry's perspective of who snape was as a person and so i yes. feel like the portrayal is very exaggerated in the books because his scar started hurting when he looked at snape that too that too but there's a whole like snape doesn't want a repeat of James. Mm-hmm. And so he's, yeah. he starts off being very firm and stern with, with Harry. I think he, I think he was rightfully concerned that Harry might have some uh, ego issues. And he does. Mm-hmm. Especially to the point where he thinks that Snape hates him. Like that first interaction is all Harry needs to be like, well, this teacher hates me. So all of my classes with him are just going to suck. Yeah. I really do feel like there's a lot in the books that is over exaggerated. Yeah. Because it's specifically told from Harry's perspective. Like, I, I mm-hmm. really honestly don't think that all of the events are exactly as they were told in the book. That's. If that makes actually, any sense at all. No, no, it does. That's actually a very interesting. I'd never actually thought of it in that terms before, but that makes perfect sense that it would be an unreliable narrator. The, the first book is told from the perspective of an 11 year old. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. an 11-year-old isn't going to have... 
I don't know. There's this, there's this one line, I think, in like book four or something like that. It's something about like gold, the size, like gold coins, the size of hubcaps. It's like, that is not realistic at all. No. No. Cause that's it's a like, gross exaggeration. That is the size of my face. Exactly. Who's using these coins? And I don't remember which book that was from. I honestly don't. Certainly not the goblins. Right. So, like, yeah. th- there's just, there's a lot in the books that feels like, it's like, okay, that didn't actually happen that way. That's the way that Harry mm. perceived it. Right. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Cognition, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no. So I, I feel like I, a lot of the way Snape is portrayed in the books comes from that. Yeah, no, I could see it. Um, and I also think that a lot of, a lot of Snape's more negative characteristics has a lot to do with the fact that he is playing a role that too that too he can't he has to show that he is he has to appear to be opposed to the chosen one in order to be of any use it's entirely possible that he wanted to drop the whole act and dumbledore wouldn't let him yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. Because Dumbledore's a trash person. <laughs> and the fact that he's surprised that that uh, Snape cares about Harry. Yeah. Well, and here's an, another interesting point that I, I brought up to you guys before. And I kind of want to revisit this for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. um, just a minute. Yeah, just for, just, just for a minute. <laughs> <Kidding>. <laughs> uh, is this idea of Snape... And his treatment of Neville. Mm-hmm. Neville was my other one. Anyway, go on. <laughs> stemming, Neville's. Stemming from the fact that, because the prophecy could have applied to two different people. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Voldemort picked one means that now the prophecy applies to Harry. Right. So I feel like there's some resentment on Snape's yeah. part with Neville. Absolutely. That That he's of the mind that if it were Neville, Lily wouldn't have died. Mm. Yeah, that is that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, I'm trying to think, who else do we do we see Snape actually being mean to? Hermione. Hermione, and that's even that's debatable whether that was really mean or just blunt. I mean, there's the time that like. A spell backfires and makes her teeth grow enormously large, and he that, looks at her yeah. and goes, I don't see any difference. Like, that was mean. That was yeah. just downright cruel. Yeah. Yeah, that was that. That might stem a little bit from this whole, like, putting her in her place kind of thing, because she right. is insanely smart, and she challenges him a lot. Yeah, and there's his insufferable know-it-all comment is, I mean, it's not wrong. It's not untrue. He did. He specifically asked Harry something, and she answered. Right, which in certain classes could be considered extremely rude. Yeah, like I've, I've, Snape has character flaws. Like he's he's not a sociable person. Or he's got a lot of baggage. Yeah, and and despite how he did feel about Lily, I do think he still had some issues with the whole pure blood mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, a lot of that stemmed from his childhood, though, and yeah. what he had to deal with. Him and Harry are not so different. That's a fair point. Yeah, his father was an awful person. Like, 
Severus Snape was abused as a child. It's it's. Well, that's pretty pretty well implied in the books. Yeah, and then to have to basically run into the exact same thing at school, like that's it's. Oh, I'm really sad. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, Snape. Snape is a very tragic figure. He doesn't handle everything that happens to him very well, and he makes some very poor decisions along the way. Well, I mean, it's kind of the reason why Draco became a bully is mm. to keep himself from being bullied yeah at school the same way he was at home and i think that's a lot of that's now that i'm thinking about it it's probably a lot of why snape encourages that kind of behavior mm. from draco specifically and i think that's i think he sees a lot of himself in draco yeah i'm glad we're justifying the bullies do we have a justification for for james or was he just or was he just a bully oh, james, james is just because a meathead i don't like yeah. james no, 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 and that's what like kind of like what I was saying is Sirius has some very, very severe flaws mm-hmm. because he's a terrible, terrible person. Yeah, and James is no better. Like honestly, I I sympathize more with Snape in that situation than I do with Harry mm-hmm. when he finds out. It's like, yeah, your dad was not the absolute shining star that everybody makes him out to be. They only say that really, I think, because he's dead. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those situations. And James did have a very significant change of heart after his parents died. He did, but I still, I still don't think that justifies the the amount of praise that he no, gets. And absolutely, not. that's what really serves to inflate Harry's ego to the point where Snape just cannot stand how he acts around school. Right, because Harry starts to turn into James. Yeah, and that's got to kill Severus with Harry having Lily's eyes. Yeah, yeah, no. No, as far as as far as justifying bullies, like I'm not. I, That's yeah. No, that is that is not at all. I'm absolutely not justifying saying that Slytherin. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. I, <laughs> no, but no, that's, like, that, yeah. that needs to be made clear. We have these characters who are like this. That that needs to be made clear, though. Yeah, we're we're not justifying. We are. They have their they have their reasons. The majority of Slytherins, I think, have very valid reasons for acting the way they do they're not handling it correctly right and i'm not condoning the behavior right. um i feel like f- gryffindors have less of a, a a reason for being the way they are they're just arrogant meatheads because mm-hmm. yeah. there are a lot of the gryffindors that are bullies yeah but since we're seeing this all through harry's lens he's not seeing it that way because um his identity so wrapped up in being a Gryffindor that when other Gryffindors make these transgressions, he looks the other way. Yeah, it it is a common psychological issue. It's an echo chamber. It's 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 the it's the definition of an echo chamber, mm-hmm. which is exactly what the houses are. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of situations where I I find myself sympathizing more with Snape than mm-hmm. yeah than most other people would. I think. But I think that has a lot to do with the fact that he is very much the social outcast, and I relate to people like that. Yeah. So, Risa, you said your third one was Neville? Yes. Let's, I love let's Neville. talk a little bit about the purest uh, <laughs> character in the series. Of all of the series. And unfortunately, I, 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 I forgot about Neville, so I think I'm going to have to change my answer. My third <gasps> one is Neville. <laughs> you forgot! <laughs> Well, um... Oh, no. Neville is... Well, I mean, he's such a quiet little soul. Oh, he's just there. 
<laughs> yeah. He's just trying to get through school. Ugh. I don't even know what to say. Neville is awesome. Neville is amazing. And also deals with the tragic... I think Neville's tragic parent history is worse than Harry's. Oh yeah, no. His, no, his parents, for sure. His parents are still around. Yep. They just have no clue who he is most of the time, and that's terrible. That's 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 heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And he's so pure. He's just again, it's one of those. Despite his situation, he he's just having a good time at school. Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. He handles it very well. He does. He's he's very strong. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of the reason why he's in Gryffindor and not in Hufflepuff. Right. Yeah. He grows so much over the course of the series. I hate that he's like really just the butt of all the jokes early on. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's such a sweet and innocent character. One of my one of my favorite Neville moments is in the I want to say it's the first movie, and they were like sneaking out. And he's, like, stopping them. He's like, no, I can't let you do this. And mm-hmm. they're like, Neville, just go back to bed. He's like, no, this is not okay. And I will not take the fall for this. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, stand up for yourself. I, I, really do, I, I really do think that if it weren't for the fact that he won them the points that they needed to actually win the House Cup at the end, they would have just cut him out of the movie. Mm, yeah. Uh, Which is stupid. I mean, they cut out most of his scenes anyway. He was yeah. such an important character. Oh yeah, and it, it it's funny because um I was having this conversation with Jax one night about Neville. Um there's there's actually this character, I know neither of you have played this game. There's this character in Persona 5 that actually has a very similar sort of character arc and mm-hmm. in similar fashion just kind of ends up being the butt of all the jokes and everything. Right. But as far as the fandom is concerned, like nobody likes this character. Ugh. And I'm just like, but everybody loves Neville. Like they're practically the same person. Like why does everybody hate this character? <laughs> and Jax just goes, it's cuz it's cuz Neville grew up to be hot. <laughs> oh. I love him yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Neville Neville is awesome. He just there there is so much character development. I mean, the fact that he, he pulled the sword of Gryffindor out at the end. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Imagine if they'd have cut him out the movie just to find out he needed to do that. And they're like, <laughs> oh, now what do we do? Well, yeah. I feel like they would have found that out around the time of like book four or five when they were doing those movies and been yeah. like, well, now we have to introduce this character that has been absent for the last like three years. How are we going to do that? It could have been really sticky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they didn't cut out uh, Seamus. No, but they needed, I mean, they needed background characters to kind of fill the scenes. That's different. Right. As opposed to, because like, Lavender is actually in the earlier movies. Yeah. But Mm. she's played by a completely different actress. Yeah. Because they didn't know she was going to be important later on. And I don't remember that movie. I just heard that. I remember reading that somewhere because I was looking up like what the differences were. I yeah. re- I think I remember watching one of the one of the older movie. I think it's when I rewatched them recently within the last couple months. And I think I remember noticing that. I was like, that's not Lavender. Yeah. <laughs> they had this character. They were calling that. So like they very easily could have 
could have done that with Neville. Just like stuck him in the background somewhere. Yeah. And then yeah. realized later, oh, wait a minute, this is a really important character to this story. Because I, I really honestly think it was just by sheer luck that Seamus ended up being the same all the way through. Yeah. Because I don't know, did 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 Dean Thomas, was he, was he the same actor all the way through? I don't remember. I don't, yeah, I don't remember. I want to say there was somebody else that got, kind of got the same treatment, but I don't remember. Um, Cedric was mentioned a lot in the earlier books, but they never put him in any of the movies mm. until the fourth one. Like there was yeah. a whole there was a whole thing about him and Harry were rivals. Yeah, all no. through the first couple of years of school. Because the the beginning of Goblet of Fire, his dad is talking about the one Quidditch match where like Cedric actually beat Harry, and it never happened, happened in no. the movies. Yeah, because I guess they were just like this isn't important enough because they ha- I think it was I think the thought process was we have a couple of Quidditch players mm-hmm. don't need to put in a bunch more. We'll just yeah. leave it at that. And this this is just random side stuff. But then suddenly Cedric was an important character in one of the books. And it was like, um, let's introduce him now. <laughs> that's that's one of the, the major um, issues that I have with the movie adaptations is there's all these things like at the towards like the middle to the end of book two. They're talking about what classes they're going to take the next year. And Hermione literally says, I'm just going to sign up for all of them. Like, there's elements in each of the books that carry over into the next book that make it feel like one cohesive story. But all of those things, those are all the things that get cut out of the movies. So they feel, the movies feel very episodic. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that fact, like, that feeling isn't, isn't helped at all by the fact that the majority of them are each directed by a different person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's he saying? No, Jack, he's making comments. <laughs> <laughs> what he saying? He said, "So does Star Wars." Oh, yeah. I told him he could come in into the into the channel and listen like Mama's, but then he was like, "No, but then I'm gonna want to contribute." Well, he's wanting to contribute anyway because he's hearing my half of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, that's that's one of my major gripes with the the movie adaptations is that they feel very episodic. They don't feel like a cohesive story. No, yeah. Largely because they've cut out all of the elements that would tie them all together. Thematically, they all fit together, which is oh, nice. Yeah. Especially coming from different directors. But you're right. Story-wise, it, all, it does seem all very, um, very individual. Mm-hmm. All right. So real quick, without going too much in depth, because we've actually been running for quite a while now. But real right. quick, what is your favorite magical item? Ooh, that's um. Oh, or to to put it, there are so many. To put it more simply, which one would you like to have the most for your for your own use? This is gonna sound like such a cop out answer, and I apologize, but <laughs> honestly, just a wand, you know? Yeah, I mean that's fair. Give me a wand. Let me let me apparate. Let me use the spells, and we're good. That is fair. I wouldn't like some of the other things would be cool, like the invisibility cloak. It's a really cool thing, but I mm, I wouldn't actually want one. I don't think. <laughs> like, Maybe what do you do with that? Realistically, yeah, yeah. Like practically speaking, what do you do with an invisibility cloak? <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, that that brings up some moral issues, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know what the majority of people would do with that is... Of course. Oh, yeah. they, they'd go, like, steal stuff. Yeah. But, and, like, like, I wouldn't even want invisibility as, like, a superpower. Yeah. I have no interest in invisibility as a superpower. Teleporting, on the other hand, please. Yeah. Te- teleporting <laughs> would be awesome. Zachary Levi's argument. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um... I think a broomstick would be really fun to have. Oh yeah, a broomstick. That would be fun. But that would just be fun. Just fly, yeah. fly around, just for fun. Yeah, I'm a sucker for flying. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm. T- I think I'm too afraid of heights. I don't know how I would do with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, a broom enough. would be hard for me. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that bag that um, <gasps> Hermione enchanted. You're right. In book seven, <laughs> that's a good one. Mm, yeah just carry everything that you would ever possibly need around in this tiny little bag uh runner up the the tents the The tents tents are are awesome oh my gosh that would be amazing another thing that they didn't really they didn't really develop in uh goblet of fire that came and ended up being important in well i think they were i think they were poorly portrayed as well in the movie because in the in the book, it's described as a flat, which is basically like an apartment. Yeah. So it's not yes. just a bigger tent inside. It's actually an apartment with, like, facilities and everything. Yeah. It's like a portable house, practically. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That would make traveling so easy. <laughs> <laughs> I think my runner-up would probably be the Marauder's Map. Mm, yeah. Marauder's Map would be fun. I don't know how or when I would use it. I just, I feel like it right. would be helpful yeah. to know, like, where people are. Yeah. Again, there's some there's some pretty severe, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, there's some pretty yeah. severe, like, privacy <laughs> morality issues with that. Oh, yeah, no, I actually, uh, I, I toyed with the idea of, like, in theory. Like, I'm just thinking, like, if I could just have one for, like, my office at mm-hmm. work, so that I always know, like, where somebody is if I need them to talk to them. <laughs> Yeah. It has practical applications. We have a really basic like security system, so you have to punch your code in when you go through certain doors, but those doors are pretty rare around the office. So you have a general idea of where somebody is, but if they went the other way through the door, like if they mm. left the department, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Because it's only on one side. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I've gotten up from my desk to go to somebody else's desk to talk to them, and they're not there. And I'm like, huh. just like, well, I guess I'll go back to my desk now. Because I don't know where they went. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think that just about does it. If, if we go if we go any farther, we're going to end up doing some really deep diving into yeah. specifics. Yeah. And that would take hours. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think that it's uh, relevant to, to mention. Um, uh, Robert Hardy, the actor who played Cornelius Fudge, oh, yeah. passed away. I remember hearing about that. I meant to say something about that, actually. Yeah. He passed away on Thursday. Yeah. So. Thoughts and prayers and whatnot out to his family. Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty old, though, if I remember correctly. Uh, Oh, yeah. He was like 91. Yeah. 91. (sighs) Sorry, I didn't mean to bring us to a down note right now. I meant to to mention that at the beginning, and it completely slipped my mind. Thought it would be nice to just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, that's three now, isn't it? Three of the actors that we've lost at this point. Uh, that I can think of off the top of my head, yeah. Yeah, 
um, Robert Hardy, um, Alan Rickman. And that was that Richard, was a rough day. Richard Harris. Richard Harris, that's right. And he he actually passed away in the middle of in the middle of filming. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So after um, the second movie. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's gonna that's gonna do it for us today, you guys. So yep. thank you so very much for listening. Um, yeah. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Ragdoll127. I am at Captain Fenris. And Risa, if you would like to plug yourself, feel free to do so. I'm gonna be honest and say I don't actually know my handle. It's like at Dilemma Rose underscore, I think. Yeah, there's but an I'm underscore at the sure. end. <laughs> I think it's an underscore at the end. <laughs> at Dilemma Rose. It's D-I-L-E-M-M-A-R-O-S-E underscore. Underscore, yes. Yes. I'm very funny. But yeah, I think I think that last question would actually be a really, really good one to put out there. So if... Let us know if there is a uh, magical item that you would most like to have um as always you can uh use the hashtag nerdscape pod and we will retweet it we retweet every yes. single one of those that we yes. get we retweet we uh i i'm trying to interact and comment back um start I'm not up conversations and stuff yeah yeah i'm not always the best at holding conversations online but <laughs> yeah um you can find us on uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and we are now actually on Stitcher. So if that is your preferred podcast app of choice, uh, just search for Nerdscape on Stitcher and we'll pop right up for you. Uh, it's actually a really good app. I've, I've been using it the last week or so, and um, I'm pretty pleased with it. It's pretty robust. That's good. So yeah, um, and anywhere that you listen to us, if you wouldn't mind giving us a review or uh, uh, a rating if you can we'd really appreciate it it actually really does help us get um get noticed by more people there's algorithms and all that <laughs> that uh tend to favor people that are actually being rated mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah i think that's uh that's gonna be it for us so uh, yeah. i have been Roma. i have been Fen. i have been risa and this has been nerdscape thank you so much for listening and we'll see you guys later Thank you.